Anyway, you're listening to The Brunch Programme with me, Sadia. The time is 10.15 and time now to join Cruz McCalligan, who's talking about theatre etiquette today. Good morning to you, Cruz. Good morning, Sadia. Yeah, long time no talk, eh? It has been a while, yes. And um, yes, as as we continue to see, I think this year is just flying by for me. I'm not sure about you. Oh, <laughs> I can't just... believe it's it's already we're into April. I know, it's unbelievable, isn't it? It's just... Um, but the thing is, it's interesting because still stuff is still kind of opening up as a result of COVID dying down or, you know, our restrictions lifting quite a, well, a lot, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we were excited to get back to is like live performances. I was chatting to a friend who's visiting from overseas. Um, she lives in Melbourne and she was telling me about all the concerts she'd been to recently in Melbourne. She's like, oh my gosh, I've been to see this person, this person, this person, this person. Because, you know, and I'm like, oh, it must be so much fun. I haven't been to a concert in years. I haven't been to the theatre in years. You know, I've been to a couple of movies, um, but that's about it. Anyway, I was interested because recently I took my children to a children's theatre performance in Hong Kong. And um, I was quite surprised, um, even though it was a children's theatre performance, how kind of boldly audience members were ignoring the signs about, like, not videoing the performance, <laughs> not, like, t- like not eating in the in the theatre. And this was a small theatre, Sadia. And mm. I'm just going to put this out there. I'm a little bit of a rule follower. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I get a bit prude with this. I'm like, excuse me, you know. Um, and I was, I was really shocked. I was like, there were people quite... Like about six people in a group of about 40 or 50 people just with their phones out, just videoing the entire thing, passing snacks around. And I know it was a children's thing, but there were signs. And I was like, surely, like, when did people get so funny about theatre etiquette? Like, I thought there was etiquette. You're meant to, you're meant to do what they say in the signs in a theatre. Um, but it was interesting because I don't know if you've seen the news recently, but theatre etiquette has been on the news big oh, time in the oh. UK. Okay. I yes. I, I'm not aware of it anywhere, but that's good. Tell well, me. <laughs> so re- recently, recently, a performance of The Bodyguard in London at mm-hmm. the Palace Theatre mm-hmm. had to be stopped after audience members refused to stop singing along. <laughs> they called the police, Sadia. It was oh. really bad. Yeah. It was the last 10 minutes of the performance, apparently. And um, there were some people in the... I mean, you have to have some guts really to be doing this but just trying to sing over the cast members and it wasn't that many people so in a huge theater these people were singing really really loudly and it, they had to stop the show they had, it, they're like it's not a sing-along this isn't karaoke it's theater you shouldn't be doing this you ruined it for everybody you know um and so people have been talking about this quite a lot and it happened apparently there was bat out of hell a musical as well this was stopped for an, a disruptive audience member who wouldn't stop you know was 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 talking really loudly and arguing with someone and again these are things that I mean it's just I mean for me I'm like I'm just like how could you put yourself out there how do you think you're better than this you know a hundred other people in the room with you that you think you're you know um, and I don't know how much alcohol played a part in either of these Mm. situations Mm. but I was also just kind of like wow it's actually become this conversation that people are having overseas about like has everyone forgotten how to go to the theatre we sit nicely we listen nicely we clap that's how the performances you know go and I understand there's always some exceptions to the rules right about that and 
there are certain performances that encourage you to take part and want you to like pantomimes, you know, there's things yeah. like that. But this is this is very civic. So anyway, I thought it would be interesting to talk a little bit about theatre etiquette because I wanted to recap it and reaffirm for myself, like, have I missed a beat? Is this what people do now? Do we just go to the theatre and have a riot? Um, so I wanted to have a bit of a, a chat about that today. Yeah. Have you have you spent um, a, a lot of time? Have you gone to a lot of musicals or performances and stuff, Sadie? I know you used to live in London. I have indeed, and it's so funny when you mention this. I went to see Thriller in in central London, you know, in that South Bank, I mm. think it was, and and obviously Thriller is full of all Michael Jackson's hits. And there were two girls sitting in front of me, and seriously, they were literally just standing up as well and singing and moving with the music so they were the only lot they were in front of me but it was just funny it was just like mm. they were so engrossed and then um, and then I went to see Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia obviously anything to do with sort of ABBA everyone knows the music everyone mm. knows the mm. tracks and everyone participates so I, I think there's a marked difference between sort of audience participation certainly in the UK compared to say in Hong Kong people were less inclined to do things like that so I'm quite surprised to hear that you know you're you're getting all of this happening in Hong Kong but I think yes maybe things like alcohol make a bit of a difference because mm. the people are more inclined towards that in um in the UK where they go in after a meal and things like that and they're a little bit merry so but yeah I think it is a bit disruptive and I think there are times when the audience actually you know the the cast actually want you to participate but then after that you should just go by their cue really Absolutely. So this is what I find really interesting. So I wanted to look a little bit at what the kind of myths and the truths are about theatre etiquette as well. Mm. Um, and so, you know, um, things like before you get to a theatre, like these are the basics. Let's just go back to the basics. All right. Because I think we all need a recap. So before you get to the theatre, use a bathroom. I think that's pretty good. We were, when we went to the children's theatre <laughs> over the earlier in the week, um, the performers are very good at coming out and saying, everyone needs a toilet first. Understanding it was going to be a whole theatre full of young children. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably a good idea. It would have been quite disruptive. Um, it was interesting to say, like, leaving big bags at home. I didn't think about this, but of course it's a good point, really. You know, it's quite clumsy to have big bags on you when you go to a theatre as well um there's actually no apparently there's no official dress code to attend for example a broadway show mm. um and you should never be turned away from dressing too casually i think there's always an element of formal wear but also i'm always just freezing cold in a theater so i'm always wearing like a few jumpers or something anyway mm. um but there can be kind of like a special occasion in going to a broadway show um tuxedos and gowns aren't the norm anymore but just sort of like <laughs> what you'd wear to a dinner would be good i think it's you know you're giving somebody there's a sense of decorum mainly in just the fact the ticket probably costs quite a lot of money, so you'd like to have a bit of a sense of occasion. Um, they sort of say that doors tend to open about uh, half an hour before the curtain when you get to a theatre usually. Um, and so, you know, it's a good idea to arrive at least sort of 20 minutes before the actual start of the show. It's not good etiquette to arrive late because it is disruptive. And I hate that feeling when you sit in a theatre and you know that a seat's empty next to you, but you know it's sold out. So you know someone's bottom is going to be on that seat <laughs> and they're not there when it starts and you know they're going to arrive when you're watching. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's um, annoying. Yes. Um, and so... Uh, like, you know, you know, you've meant to, you know, that try not to take photos and um, photography and recording um, is not permitted. Like it's quite 
distracting. I can imagine it'd be very distracting to performers um, to watch someone looking at you through their phone, essentially. And, of course, turning off your phone in the theatre as well. Um, you know, it's a dark environment for the most part. Um, and I found that, you know, when yeah. we, I couldn't believe everyone was on their phones yeah, when I was at the performance. Really and it's yeah. really annoying. It's bright. You know, mm. it's a very bright thing and it's very distracting. Um, uh, in terms of applause, I think this is interesting. I was looking at this, and apparently, um, when you, for example, like if you're in a classical music performance, um, there's a myth that audiences should never clap between movements during a classical music performance. But actually, the truth is, audiences can clap when they like what they hear. So hundreds of years ago, when there was the age of Beethoven, Bach, and Mozart, audiences were welcome to applaud between movements and whenever else they felt like it, actually. And actually, if they didn't applaud, composers would take offense. Um, but in the early 19th century, some European composers, like um, Mendelssohn, pushed for audiences to remain silent until the end of the piece to avoid long interruptions. Um, so it's quite interesting like how it's kind of culturally changed as well you know i can imagine in certain places people are very enthusiastic you want to clap every time you hear something and other places they really want to give the space to listen and everything as well so i think that's quite interesting um soft there's a myth that soft conversion chatting softly um during a performance is acceptable but actually the truth is when the lights dim you've got to be quiet out of respect for others you've got to be quiet and the protocols for audience behavior have changed dramatically throughout theater history because if we go right back to the history of theater in ancient Greece and ancient Greek audiences, they were very unruly and they would <laughs> drum their heels if they didn't like a performance. Um, you know, they would shout and scream during the age of Shakespeare. Audience members could walk around, eat and drink during a performance. Um, they often cheered and booed and occasionally threw objects at the actors. <laughs> um, so it's a bit Eggs. different again. <laughs> Um, but of course, that's not what we have today. And of course, you know, when we think about like ancient Greek plays or even a lot of Shakespeare plays, these were long. They were very long. I mean, I know that the attention span of our, our forebearers was probably much longer than our t- current goldfish type attention span thanks to technology. But still, you're talking about hours and hours. So I can understand that maybe they got up for a snack. Um, but in the 19th century, there was a European movement to establish more ornate performance venues. And this coincided with a strong push to organize and manage audience behavior. So there's a lot of no speaking policies today. Um, and this uh, this this remains a very high priority for certain types of theatre, including Japanese kabuki theatres, where performances of a very traditional art form, they, don't, they never use microphones. So it's incredibly important that mm-hmm. people are quiet because mm-hmm. you have to hear the actors speaking. Um, so I thought that was very interesting as well. And yes, so the other, the other myth is that, you know, audiences can just come and go for bathroom breaks throughout a performance, right? It's like, oh, you need the bathroom. And okay, children aside, they're a different kettle of fish, but, you know, oh, I just need the bathroom, it's going to go. But theatres do request audience take bathroom breaks before a show and during the intermission. That's why they have them, because it's, um, there's a, you know, it's quite, uh, it's, it's got a bit of history around this as well. So during the Elizabethan age, where there was a lot of performance, theatre goers with the cheapest tickets had very few comforts and they didn't have seats and they would stand for performances that were like three hours long with no bathroom facilities. So a bucket was passed around. <laughs> so patrons, um, which used in, you know, during the show in front of hundreds of other <laughs> audience members. So we've come a long way, Sadia, in terms of a lot of this. Um, 
But yes, yeah, so it's quite interesting. So uh, during the beginnings of specifically the Japanese Kabuki Theatre, as I mentioned, that was in the 1600s. Initial performances took place on a makeshift theatre in a dry riverbed in Kyoto. So audience members were just outside, so they just kind of relieved themselves wherever they were. <laughs> um, but of course, this is a bit different when we get indoor plumbing. What a great invention. And then we have new standards of audience courtesy um, because of this as well. So that's why we have a bit, you know, it's important. You, you can, if, of course, if you cannot hold it you cannot hold it but there is there's structures in place so that there's less there's as the minimal disruption to everyone as possible (laughs) so it's quite interesting and also to keep your comments neutral or positive as well that's apparently another part of uh, theater etiquette so that's during the intermission and after the show you shouldn't you shouldn't come out and go well i thought that was rubbish theater etiquette etiquette dictates you just keep your opinions to yourself until you're away from the crowds because you don't know it could be the actor's mum next to you um and that could always happen too i do remember years and years and years ago probably not very nicely me as a teenager i left a play in hong kong halfway through because it was unbearable (laughs) um, (laughs) i say that nicely i I quietly left and interestingly um i bumped into someone else from the theater who had also left and we kind of looked at each other and um kind of held our tongues and just said oh hello fancy seeing you here um as we were sort of walking out and um and then that other person i mentioned just said oh actually i I also saw the actor's mother leave i knew the mother (laughs) (laughs) um so i'm glad we didn't say anything because she left at the same time as us and you just you know we could have had somewhere (laughs) urgent to get to or something like that Um, but keep your opinions to yourself essentially that's what um that's probably one of the best things to do um but i do think it's interesting that we now have this this culture of like we've got cell phones all the time people got their phones on all the time you can't just sit and focus on the thing in front of you i mean and I think that's that's what is happening a lot anyway. And I just hope this isn't a byproduct of us all just maybe we're all just catching up that remembering what it was we used to do before COVID. That we used to be able to sit in a crowd of people and be respectful of one another. Yeah, maybe attention spans have just kind of changed now, you know, because of all the phone, social media stuff. People just can't sit there, you know, like that like children can't sit still for too long. So adults are like that too now that, you know, perhaps yeah. that's having an effect. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean that you can't be enthusiastic. Of course, the thing is, when we go to a musical, you want to sing along. Of course you do. It's, mm. you know, you, but the the reality is you don't, the person sitting next to you, <laughs> it's very likely it's paid to hear the cast sing the songs, not you. <laughs> you are not a professional, well, not you specifically, Sadi. I'm sure you have a beautiful voice. No, I wouldn't <laughs> sing. I wouldn't sing to save my life. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah. So it's a very it's a very interesting kind of thing in this way. Um, you know that that people have this. Yeah, I just think I hope we haven't gone backwards too far. Mm. But I do think it's um interesting, and I think that we can be start to call out some bad behaviour. Less that we unfortunately get some of the situations in the UK with police for people yeah, being too rowdy. Don't cause too much of a fuss that it yes. causes chaos. And that's chaos, coming from yeah. someone who has sung the Bodyguard soundtrack at the top of my lungs <laughs> in the car alone. Okay. So uh, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's brilliant. Thank you so much. That's really enlightening. I will I will wait to go to the theatre again and see. And if somebody does misbehave, I will certainly go over and say, listen, Cruz McCallaghan said you shouldn't be doing that, <laughs> all right? Okay, thanks so, so much, Cruz. That's Take brilliant. Care. Okay, see you then. Bye-bye.